All right. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, everyone. We're going to jump right into it, uh, mainly because I think that this is going to be something that is not going to be too long of a presentation, give or take maybe about an hour, um, but something very, dare I say, effective or hopefully effective for those that may not be as much into what we call the, the spiritual, if you will. But we have, um, I don't want to say we have to, but we should understand that intuition plays a big big part now before i start this let me just say that if you watch this for those that uh, the members that will be watching after and you don't get it after watching it i kindly encourage you to watch three films and it from a from a propaganda perspective it's not the best in my opinion but from a science perspective apparently it's fairly accurate um arrival with amy adams and jeremy renner uh tenet with uh, Robert Pattinson, Denzel Washington's son, and also uh, Tomorrow War on Amazon Prime with Chris Pratt. Uh, what you're going to see there seems to represent science that is indicative of what's actually occurred um, in reality, allegedly. I got to watch my words here. But anyways, let's jump into it. So we'll see here. I'm going to share my screen right here. Okay. So let, we'll find here. Let's um, <coughs> hold on. Let me zoom this in a little bit. Um, okay, so let's go. All right. Let me just check. All right. Uh, so we see here, time reversed human experience, experimental evidence and implications. Okay, by Dean Radin at the Boundary Institute in Los Altos, California. Now, before we start reading it, let's first say a note and note and notice, by the way, that we see here at the bottom. I am deeply indebted to Edwin May, Richard Shoup, Russell Targ, and Thomas Etter for many stimulating discussions about the nature of psi and causality. Now, I want to point out that Russell Targ has been quite avidly known to be associated in a, in a positive way with Dr. Hal Pudoff. Um, we see as well here Bertrand Russell. We'll notice as well. These are names that keep popping up over and over again. Excuse me, mathematician John von Neumann. Almost as if, like I said, we're going to go right down the rabbit hole, almost as if these are the gatekeepers of this knowledge, at least within the West. I'm not saying globally, but again, it's interesting that these seem to be the gatekeepers within the West relative to the control system under NATO. So again, let's jump into it, though. So this paper reviews uh, for, by the way, Los Altos, California, lots of things happen in California. So uh, this paper reviews four classes of experimental evidence for time-reversed effects in human experience, examples of phenomenon discussed in conventional scientific disciplines that bear a resemblance to time-reversed effects and a new experiment that di distinguishes between information flowing forwards versus backwards in time. One implication here is uh, of the cumulative evidence is that time reversed effects permeate all as aspects of human behavior. Another is that experiments in all scientific disciplines may be vulnerable to time reversed influences, including studies based on gold standard techniques like double blind randomized protocols. A third implication is that teleology, once taboo in science, deserves to be seriously reconsidered as another form of causation, end quote. Okay. Before I go on, let me put this in layman terms to you folks. Essentially what they're saying here in this, just this abstract, but uh, even before the introduction is that, see, for example, how I'm holding this pen up in my hand. In pure theory, none of you are supposed to be able to see me holding this pen. 
because in pure theory, if we all had what is called zero point energy activation, Planck scale, bliss, whatever you want to refer to it as, the concept scientifically would be that, again, going back to quantum physics and the Casimir effect, effect by Heinrich Casimir in the Netherlands uh, back in the 90s, if I'm not mistaken, or even the 80s, reality is only as real as the individual observing it. So what happens when we're all, for example, forced without realizing it consciously to stare at one part of a room? We're all going to say, yes, we see the same part of the room, right? And then what happens is, what if all of a sudden, say we line up 20 people and put them in a white room of nothing? You take those 20 people, the only thing they can acknowledge is that, yes, we're all in the white room. And then what I do as the scientist, for example, is I insert an idea into one of those people at the front of that line. And I say, you see a bed there? And he's going to go, holy crap, I see a bed. Someone else is going to go, yep, I see it too. And the rest of them will follow. That you can call the placebo effect. But I dare I humbly postulate that is just a cover, a very watered down cover, just like what we went through in the Euclid episodes of the quantum computers. Oh, in 20 years, it could do it. We could do this. It could do that. It can do all of it now. They scaled it back on purpose. So when they call it the placebo effect, we can say that was a deliberate propaganda scale back to basically say, the more minds you crunch together, the more of what's called a consensus reality you create. The more you separate everybody, the more everyone is on their own individual journey as it is naturally allegedly supposed to be. And when you say uh, um, individual journey, Dave, what do you mean? I go back to the example of our phones, whether Android, iPhone, what have you. We all have apps on our phone. We all have the same, uh, we all get to the same Twitter app, texting app, WhatsApp, you know, you name it, Telegram. But you might have your Telegram app on the bottom dock. I might have mine in a folder on the second page. We have different ways of getting there, but we're all getting there irregardless. It doesn't matter. So we see here, let's continue looking at this. In negotiate, uh, sorry, people like us who believe in physics know that the distinction between past, present, and future is only a stubbornly present illusion. There is no past, dare I say. Um, they're memory blocks. So the example I just gave of someone saying essentially, hey, you see that bed there? When there really isn't a bed there, but I planted that idea. And you think right away, ah, shit, I don't want to look like an idiot. I, so I'll see the bed. And then it ripples. Now think about that in a frequency wave effect. It's the same idea. So what I've done, let's replace that bed example with, I went to those 20 people in line and said to the first one in line, what I did was I said, hey, you see, you see what just happened there? That's called the past. That just happened in the past. And then that guy goes, oh, shit, that's right. Okay. And then they tell the other one, and then it ripples again. But really, all I did was introduce, dare I say, an idea, sort of like in the movie Inception, when Leonardo DiCaprio says it just starts with an idea. And that's also what Don Phillips said, too, in his video testimony in the year 1999 or 2000. That also speaks to cymatics, concentric circles. We're going to get to all of it, I promise, if it's confusing still for some of you. So uh, what we'll find here, in negotiating the mundane activities of daily life, common sense is reasonably effective. But when faced with understanding the fabric of reality, the fabric of reality, we can interpret that much more literally than one might think. 
common sense regularly fails. So before we even continue, by the way, let's just look at it this way, folks. I don't know if any of you folks may have realized over the past few weeks, what I've tried to do, not saying I know more than any of you, uh, but what I've tried to do is point out, look at how much we can extrapolate just by looking at the words at a different perspective. That is what they call interpreting the data in the intelligence community. So let's see here, the fabric of reality. Okay, I'm going to give you um, an example here. So let's take a look at, give me a second, folks. Um, hold on. This right here. This is, see this grid, forget the earth here, but this grid, this is what's called the space-time grid. So let's draw that out for a second. The space-time grid or the space-time metric, whatever you want to call it, which one can argue is what we're living in, right? So let me draw it like this. And I need, I really need those that are watching now and even afterwards to fully grasp this. So see this grid here. Let me give another quick example. It's this, dare I say, for a visual. And planting that idea in that line of people, I basically said to what the first person, hey, there's a mountain. And he said, oh, crap, there is one. But there really isn't. It's just that I fed the idea in his head. So he's going to believe it. And then the other guy's not going to want to look like an idiot. And then boom, boom, boom. And then it ripples. And then you have what's called light waves in all of this. So then, essentially, you have this. So when I say grids, I just really want you guys to get an understanding of what I mean by this. This is just one way of looking at it. But so let's go back to the sketchboard here. So this is the grid I was speaking of. We're going to call this grid A. This is air. Now we're going to make another grid. It's going to be a little bit tighter in terms of its connectivity of the lines here. Why? I'll explain in a second. So what's essentially, ha essentially happening here is... I'm going to name this R. This is air. That's a rock. It's the same light waves vibrating at just faster paces to tighten it, to tighten parts of this grid, if you want to call it, so that it appears like where it, it, what you see very physically, you're touching. But you're not touching it. You're inside your, your true self is inside of a shell that is telling itself through the sensors of that shell, which we call the bioreceptive sensors, which we covered, which we covered in Euclid episode one, but we'll revisit it in the next one. It's very important. It tells it, oh, don't worry, you're touching something real. Sort of like that idea that I planted in the mind of in that example of the 20 people. It's the same thing which is why I gave the, uh, I titled the episode the other day of we are being operated on, but we can get out of the operating room easily because our subconscious is the operating table. It's propping it up. So essentially what we'll see here is this is air. That's a rock. Now you might say, okay, Dave, how can you visualize this a little bit better for me? So before we move on, let me, here we go. And let me just, here we are. So now, this is the grid. Now, let's say there's frequency waves. And for those that take, have taken psychedelics or even have done so naturally, uh, astral projected naturally without any help of any uh, uh, extra, you know, uh, curricular input or anything like this, many have claimed to see this. There are waves that move very 
very slowly for the air because it needs to spread across large distances. By the way, does this also not look like the Naga and the double helix? The serpent? Now, that's air. This is a rock. The rock needs to go like real fast because it needs to create a light spectrum that densifies our perception. So this, so what I've done essentially is let's go back to the example of when I said we got 20 people in a line in the white room. And I said to the first guy in line at that door, Hey, look, there's a bed. Okay. Now what if I told him there's a bed and I said it very quickly, the quicker I said it to him, the harder in the quote unquote physical, when they touch it, it's going to be. But if I said nice and slowly, there is a bed. It's going to be more open like this, dare I say, in the quote unquote physical. That is not to say there is not a physical realm. But let me be very clear. It's quite possible certain patches. Again, we're just exploring ideas. Certain patches may or may not be. Again, I don't want to overly use this in a vague way, but because this is, you guys are, I know you guys well, this is just the members thing. I know you guys don't take this word for word. Again, maybe, how can I say it? Stretched, if you will, or some, uh, something of the sort densified. Um, there's so many different words you can use. But anyways, let's head back to this. But when faced with understanding the fabric of reality, Again, just off this one sentence, look at what we did there. Common sense regularly fails. Yes, common sense fails because why does common sense fail? Let's go back to the example again. I said to you all to 20 people or to the first person, that's all it took, just one person. I planted an idea and it rippled, right? Now, what if those 20 people in that room walked into that room, but they realized we are a sovereign entity. We control ourselves. We are a compass. We are a radio. But the compass is in the, the, the pointer of the compass is spinning like crazy because everything all around us in the quote unquote physical is trying to get our attention. But what happens if I just block all that noise out and say, I just want to focus on one direction? What will happen is if I say to that one guy, hey, look, there's a bed. He's going to look back at me and say, go F yourself. There's no bed there. I know exactly what, what you're trying to do to me. There's no bed there. It's the same concept. So for example, we learned, we've learned that energy, space, and time are not the separate entities suggested by common sense, but rather they are deeply intertwined relationships, deeply intertwined relationships, sort of like a grid. Okay. We've learned that light has no definite existence when no one is looking, sort of like a video game in any game, Call, call of duty. You, you point to, 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 you know, go in a certain direction. If you can't see it behind you, the game hasn't loaded it. It's the same thing, in my opinion. We're just exploring ideas. I'm not saying this is definitive, dead-on fact. We're just exploring ideas. I'm sure there's certain things I'm getting wrong, but at least not as we understand existence in common sense terms. Okay, but perhaps one of the most self-evident concepts surprisingly questioned by modern science is causality, cause and effect. The underlying scheme we use to understand how things work has generated more disquiet among scientists and philosophers than is commonly known. As Bertrand Russell put it in 1913, 
all philosophers imagine that causation, and I'm going to translate this, by the way, in a second, is one of the fundamental axioms of science, yet oddly enough, in advanced science, sciences, the word cause never occurs. Hmm. Interesting. The law of causality, I believe, is a relic of bygone age, surviving like the monarchy, only because it is erroneously supposed to do no harm. So, and as mathematician John von Neumann explained in 1955, we may see that there is at present no occasion and no reason to speak of causality in nature because no macroscopic experiment indicates its presence and because quantum mechanics contradicts it. Macroscopic. Let's look at this word right here. Micro means small. Macro means big. Okay, so when those that take psychedelics, and even if you don't, there are a handful of individuals that can do it, dare I say, quote unquote, naturally, I'm using that word carefully, but um, people, I mean, Veda Austin, uh, the, the, the water whisperer, she talked about being able to sort of zoom in and out when they wanted to go places. I don't want to bring up his name because, again, I want to respect his privacy, but we have a member of the community here who I spoke to the other day. He said he visited the Andromeda galaxy. All he had to do was zoom in. Okay. Let's talk about zooming in. See this right over here? This is us, the Milky Way galaxy, right? Our solar system is here. This is a vortex. This is a toroid field, in my opinion. So now what'll happen is, look at this. These are different galaxies, plural. So if you don't belong in the quote unquote physical, you can zoom in and out to any galaxy you want, technically technically speaking, that's the idea. So there is no size. Size is only what is only the limit that your mind gives it, in my opinion. Now, what does this remind us of? Just for the sake of, you know, for the community to, to relate this to something. Um, hold on a second. Uh, here we go. Phase conjugation, wave fractality converts the vertical transverse EMF wave to longitudinal scalar compressional waves, the perfect golden spiral on the cone. Is it, a, again, the cone? Is it a coincidence we see in ancient depictions, the cone? Take a look on the right-hand side of the screen here, all over the place, the cone. Maybe this is the Anunnaki. I'm not, I'm not saying it was because I was not there, so it's not fair for me to say, but we see the similarities very, very starkly. Again, almost as if the, the pine cone resembles that of, I'm going to watch my words here, Salvatore Pace's uh, Navy patents. Makes you think, doesn't it? So anyways, let's go back to the, uh, to the patent here. I mean, to the, uh, the paper. In spite of questions about the fundamental nature of causality, cause, as we understand it, comes before effect, right? You need to pick up the pen in order to drop the thing. Not exactly. This action that I just did, okay? Let's think of it like this. Entropy, by the way, a very, a very um, basic definition as I understand it of entropy is chaos within a particular vicinity. Again, as I said in the Euclid episode, what if it's not chaos? What if it's just an order we're not used to looking at it as? Sort of like Salvatore Pays said, this, this knowledge is nothing new. This is just a different perspective on old physics, 
Now, you might be saying, Dave, okay, what are you trying to talk about when you say local entropy, causality, all this kind of, all, the, all these words, right? So the pen, me dropping the pen, the action right now in real time of me dropping this pen, there is a energy circle or vortex around this pen right now that's building up because my intent is to drop the thing. Now, we live, I had to explain the, the concept of the white room planting ideas in our head because we live in this. And again, we're just exploring ideas. I, I don't mean to say it so factually, but we live in a grid. So we are being tricked by our subconscious that we all see me dropping the pen when in reality, what you saw is a collective consensus reality view of yes, me dropping the pen, but in dare I ar argue in pure theory amongst many other options and, and things and hypothesis, if I drop the pen like this and it goes to the floor, let's go back to the concept of the vortex and the macro of, and the micro of the, um, of the universes. What just happened right now, see, I saw myself drop it. You guys, depending on your personal journey in life, and when I, I know that's very vague, what I'm speaking of, assuming we were not in this grid, you would see me, some of you would see me drop it. Some of you would see the pen come back up to me. Because it doesn't matter which way you're looking at it, as long as it occurs within that circle of energy. Dare I say, that's what science calls entropy or neg entropy. I, maybe I'm, again, maybe I'm incorrect. I'm not a physicist. I'm just trying to explore ideas here. So um, let's, uh, let's head back to the paper here. Um, for example, we might expect that hitting a nail with a hammer provides proof positive of a force-like unambiguous causal event at the macro scale. You hit the nail with the hammer and it moves, end of argument. But what if the nail was stuck in a steel bar that looked like wood? Or if the nail was close to its melting temperature, or if the hammer was made out of foam rubber. Or again, you can keep going on and on and on. We can see that any example proposed as an irrefutable cause of absolute causality can be easily qualified. I'm going to translate all of this in a second. And as soon as we start adding conditionals, we are forced to redefine causation as a special form of asymmetric correlation. Okay, what they're describing right over here is the example I gave in my opinion of, hey, you see that bed there? And then everyone sees the bed because they don't know what's going on. They don't even, some of them don't even know that they were brought into a white room. How do you, so again, how do you know to control your, your emotions and your personality if you don't know where you've been brought? If someone handcuffs you and throws a towel over your head or a, a thing and, you, and then they take it off and all you see is just, you know, desert. Are you in Las Vegas or are you in Afghanistan? You got no idea. It's the, same, it's the same concept, in my opinion. One with a higher probability link in one direction than the other. In this sense, ordinary notions of causality may be viewed as a caricature of what is actually a set of highly complex, entangled relationships. Okay. You know when they say you can remote view and everyone has the ability and you can see things happen before they occur? They only didn't happen in this reality, in this perception yet, but it already happened. That's how it's able to be seen because there is no past. It's all happening now. So let me sketch, let me attempt to sketch this out for you guys. Um, hold on a second. Uh, 
Right, Scott, there is no spoon. Yes, exactly. Right, like in Matrix, try and bend the spoon. How come the kid can keep bending the spoon? Because he realizes there isn't one. It's fake. And if it's fake, you can mess with it. Like a video game. Once you realize that you have the controls in your hands, not, not that difficult, is it? So, okay, let's, um, let's start here like this. So, again, I brought this up on the Zoom call two nights ago, or a few nights back. But if we view time moving like this, straight, right? Again, I picked up the pen, and then I dropped the pen. Now, this is, dare I say, part of the... I don't want to use this word, but because it's the member side of it, I'm going to use it just for the sake of getting to the point. Part of the trap, video game, simulation, whatever. Part of the question when Josh asked before we started recording, um, you know, how could how come the craft fall in some cases? Well, okay, sometimes maybe it might be on purpose. In other cases, think about a scientist in a laboratory and he's got 50 cages, each of mice. Like um, the scene in I Am Legend when Will Smith uh, from 2007, goes into his basement. He takes the blanket off of the uh, in his laboratory, and there's all these rats, but each rat is in a different box. And so the way to get into each box is you put a glove on to be safe, and you reach in. Now, sometimes, most of the time, things go normal. You can grab the rat, take it out of the cage, whatever. But sometimes the rat bites back, and you go, ah, that, that hurts, right? Doesn't mean that you lost control, but you made a little bit of a stumble. In my opinion, that's exactly what's occurring here. So we see, for example, time going straight, right? Cause must come before effect. Now, okay, think of this whiteboard right here, guys. Think of this, think of all of us in this call right now as time controllers. We can mess with time. Just let, for the sake of this example, let's just think of that. Now. You might say to yourself, hold on a second. Why does it have to be left to right? Why does it even have to be right to left? Why can't it be this? So why this? You remember the vortex I talked about when I dropped the pen? Now, here's what we'll find. Retro causality. Exactly. Uh, Angel, exactly. So let's, we're going to use different colors for the sake of labeling. So let's say green is cause. And purple is effect. Now, again, we view things, actually, hold on, let me just, um, for the sake of visualization, this black line represents just a split in the whiteboard here, so we don't get confused. Um, so let's see here. Okay, cause, effect, right? It has to come in this order. Why does it have to? Says who? Well, because that's how I see it. Who told you to see it that way? Who planted the idea? So in reality, or reality, I shouldn't say that, in essence, it should be, or not should be, it is allegedly this. It's all over the place. Now, that's what they say is entropy, chaos within a particular vicinity. But is it chaos if you know how to rearrange it? Or how to not rearrange, arrange it, excuse me. There is no right or wrong way of arranging it. So now let's take all these purple dots and watch this. Let's just use blue and, and let's just say, okay, we're going to put it back in the video game, a certain set of events. We're going to make everyone in that video game think, you know, cause comes before effect, left to right, because screw them. We don't want them knowing this crap, right? So 
Now, see how it here, cause comes before effect? What if I took this green dot right here and went, okay, I want to pull this here. The cause is there now. And I want to pull this here. Effect is there. You've just switched it. You've switched it and it doesn't, and you can keep it, you can do it over and over again as many times as you want, as long as you understand it. And of course, have the math behind it, the technology, all of this. I'm not saying this is bang on what's occurring, but I'm, I think we're fairly on the money in this regard. So anyways, let's, um, cause I, I look, I, there's, I'm, I'm certain I'm maybe making gaps in this and all of that, but that's the point of, of learning, right? When I learn more, come back, we'll present, and then we'll, we'll, uh, we'll follow up as, uh, as they say, the joys in the journey, it never ends. Right. So now Still, while causality, uh, see, for example, in this sense, ordinary notions of causality may be viewed in a caricature of what is actually a set of highly complex, entangled relationships. Hmm. Entangled? It's only entangled if you view it that way. Sure, it might be a mess right now, but you can rearrange it to how you want. So is it really entangled? That's just what they're show, telling us it is because for the scientists and the humans that are not the, dare I say, quote unquote, gatekeepers of this for benefit or for beneficial or negative reasons is not for me to say. Um, but point is, is that, again, for the ones that say, oh, you know, in quantum physics, the problem is when you promote something to field content, uh, basically, you have the, the issue of, of non-locality and chaos. Non-locality means that dare I say, in my opinion, the effect, this purple here, is all over the place. And that's baffled scientists already. How is it not local? I don't get it. They call it physical realism. It's there. They can observe it with tools, but they can't touch it. They call it physical realism because, in my humble opinion, they can't sleep good at night if they use the word magic. It's, there's no difference. It's how you label it, in my opinion. It's just the, it's just the tone, the rhetoric, the, the stigmata behind it. Right now, here's what happens then on the public end when they say, oh, you have all this chaos. It's a mess. What are you going to do? Like, how, how can you control it? Well, again, this is the whole thing of like, the public knows about this. We know it's a mess, but oh, my gosh, we don't know how to control it. Really, we don't know how to control it. Again, there is no spoon. There is no control. We all control it, but we also don't simultaneously. That's the point. We're all a piece of the source. We're all a slice of pizza that's been thrown across the kitchen when really we should all be in the box. It's the same, it's the same idea. It's the same thing. And do we find it a coincidence, by the way, that, uh, hold on one second. Let's go back here. Yeah, entangled relationships, right? And so then what you have is, when you promote something to what's called field content, you then have the problem of, as they say in science, you break it, you bought it. Hold on a second. They, scientists on the surface believe that what we're seeing right here, this circle, is you break it. Is, is you breaking it? No, 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 no. You didn't break it. You're seeing it for what it really is, in my opinion. It's like, for example, carbon monoxide or carbon dioxide. How come everyone accepts it as fact? You can't touch it. Think about it. You can't touch it. You know it kills you. How? Well, I mean, I saw it on the news. 
well, I mean, my friend unfortunately passed from it. Okay, so you, you I'm not saying you guys, I'm just saying in general, one believes that like no problem, but with this, no, they, they're like, oh, that's nonsense. Or it's too complicated for them because they just came home from a long day on the job on the construction site trying to feed their family. So they have no energy to think about it. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. So again, um, by the way, guys, do you see what we got off of page one? Not even halfway through page one. So anyways, um, let's see here. Still, um, while absolute causality may be an oversimplification, most social, behavioral, and neuroscientists regard such arguments as philosophical quibbles. Again, there's your, that's nonsense. Why not test it in the lab? Let's give it a shot, guys. Why not? Ah, there's no funding for it. Hmm, sort of like plasma, right? Interesting. Okay, anyways. And they regularly use common sense causality to explain virtually all facets of human experience. I agree that common sense causality is a useful heuristic tool, but I do not believe it provides an adequate explanation for all experiences, right? For it doesn't provide an explanation for all. Why does it not present an explanation for all? Okay, because some of you see me dropping the pen, others see the pen coming back into my fingers. That's why there's no explanation for all. So because substantial um, evidence indicates the presence of genuinely a causal experiences, a causal in this context means not casual in the unconditional unidirectional common sense notion of cause and effect, but in the sense of conditional time reversed cause effect. So you see what they're explaining here. You guys see here the arrow cause comes before effect now see here where they just reverse the arrow in this part of the paragraph right here they just turn the arrow around okay what's the difference with what we did here there is none at least as i see it so um one expects a chorus of a priori objections to any suggestion of time-reversed causality. Some philosophers, like Anthony Flew, especially dislike the possibility of time-reversal effects because it forces us to seriously grapple with precognition Excuse me, and retroaction. Precognition. Let's think of, for example, the film with Tom Cruise, um, Minority Report. The precogs, they could see the, um, the events before they happen. They, see, they can see crimes before they happen, but the whole point of the movie is that there's a flaw because free will can be bent, but it can't be broken. And if it can't be broken, it means that the future is indeterminate. And if the future is indeterminate, you have what's called thick time. And if you have thick time, you have this right here. Nicholas Jissen, thick time. He was on Kirchheim Mungel's theory of everything. He's a Swiss physicist and professor at the University of Geneva, working on quantum information and communication, as well as on the foundations of quantum mechanics. His work includes both experimental and theoretical physics. All respect to him and his fantastic work. I would dare to very kindly um, argue he's been privy to some things he cannot say publicly and years ago, not any time recent. If they're presenting it to the public now, slowly but surely, they've had they've been sitting on this for holy crap i don't know how long so again now that also makes you think what they have 
what they really have locked up. But anyways, that's that's for a different uh, conversation. But again, that speaks to again, thick time is the example I give of okay, see right now you can sort of see a glare from the window here where, where I am. It's sunny outside. They're calling for rain tomorrow. So if they're calling for if the news if the weather channel is calling for rain tomorrow, it's either going to rain or it's not. Now, here's what's interesting, however. Let's make a new thing very quickly. It's either going to, let's, let's make uh, three check boxes. Okay. So R for rain, N for no rain, and it's been told to the public, this is all there is, just these two. So it's either going to rain or it's not going to rain. But what if the future's not set? There's this U variable. What does this mean? Undetermined. Undetermined means it hasn't. This is when it starts to get confusing. So forgive me if I sort of back up on my words a little bit. It hasn't happened yet, but it potentially has. Depending on what's occurred before and after. It's a, and when, when, and you guys might say, okay, how can we visualize that with this? You don't need to visualize. You just need to intuitively feel it it's just all in the circle it happened see the green happened before purple happened after but when it's inside a circle like this did it really when did it happen it did but it didn't it's just it's up to you to organize it so again once you know the controls of the video game yes michelle this is being recorded yeah once you know the controls of the video game it's as simple as that. So let's head back. Actually, hold on. Let me just make sure I am recording. Yeah. Perfect. Just, man, if I did all that and I wasn't recording, oof. Um, okay. Flu may be correct when it comes to, okay, now this is, all right. Um, in fact, hundreds of publications in mainstream journals can be found, which consider the implications and properties of time reversed and time symmetric phenomenon. These include effects described by the formalisms of classical mechanics, general relativity, electrodynamics, and quantum mechanics. Of course, the solutions to these theories are assumed to manifest only in exotic domains. Example, okay, what's exotic? Extreme, extremes of temperature, gravity, energy, mass, or speed, or at very short time periods. As a result, again, under extremes of temperature, like when Dr. Hal Pudoff claimed, when you shrink the temperature into the room, whether at the macro or the micro scale, like we talked about zooming in and out of the galaxies, there is this one energy that remains. They call it zero point. You can call it the chi. You can call it God. You can call it the fractal. It doesn't matter what you call it, as long as you understand it. Um, we see here, as a result, retro causality. Again, going back to, it doesn't matter what you call it, as long as you understand it, just like your phone. Doesn't matter where you put the apps on the screen, as long as you get to the app eventually that you want to open. It's the same thing. As a result, retrocausality is viewed as being possible in principle, but irrelevant for all practical purposes. Or when it comes to understanding human experience, it's quote unquote irrelevant in my humble opinion, because they don't want us knowing that this is what's really going on, that we can arrange it to what we want. So they say, no, no, it's all, it's, it's, don't worry about it. And they got to keep doing that. Just like before we started recording. Ah, don't worry about it. Who wants to be an anonymous source here? Same thing. Same thing. 
So while some exotic physical realms are clearly outside the scope of human experience, others are not. Under the right conditions, for example, we can perceive single quantum events and neuronal synapses rely on electron tunneling. Hmm. Like a vortex? Like the Naga? Like the DNA? Like the double helix? Like the vortex? So again, uh, we are not ordinarily aware of quantum or relativistic effects, but we are nevertheless composed of the same fabric of the universe's rocks, stars, and black holes. Oh, you mean the black holes that used to be called serpent holes when the gods from the skies would come and enter the atmosphere? You mean the same star rock, stars, and black holes that are, excuse me, these right here that you can zoom in and out of? It's the same thing. It keeps coming back to the same thing, in my opinion. Now, um, let me see here. Thus, it is conceivable that exotic time loops, reversals, symmetries, and a, a causal correlations may lurk deep within us. May lurk deep within us. No, it, it is us, in my opinion. If this were so, how might such experiences, this is exactly what I mean by, dare I say, uh, humbly, this is no disrespect to, the, to the, uh, the scientists that, that created this paper here at the time, but this is what I would dare to say, in my opinion, of the scaling back of the rain to cite the raindrop DAO, former CCP Intel agent, who claimed, again, this whole thing of, oh, quantum computers could do it uh, 20 years from now. It can do all of it now. It can do all of it. Dare I even say that I am of the humble opinion quantum computers can merge the 5D with this one or act as a doorway at the very least, which explains why a lot of these agents have said afterwards, right, again, I, that there's a blue light that hovers that seems intelligent and follows the scientists around in the laboratory. And then the same agent, the CCP agent, said as well, a uh, former Intel agent, said as well that, again, he said, all the literature scaled back to the public. Hmm. Interesting. All the literature, sort of like how it says here, exotic time loops, reversal symmetries, and a causal correlations may lurk deep within us. This is a test in the literature to see how, how soon academia is ready. Because when academia is ready, then you can put it into market. After you put it into market, you can put it into consumer products. And then you can control the people that buy those products without them even knowing. Using the same science we're talking about without them even realizing. And then everyone, say, it's a, say they put it in phones. Not to, not to get all conspiracy theorists and fear-mongering because it can go the other ways as well. This is also what, by the way, uh, Dr. Giordano from DARPA calls dual-use um, technology, if you will. It can be used for good or bad. It's just how you choose to intend to, to, to use it, right? So. We see here, um, if this were so, how might such experiences manifest? Consciously, they may emerge as precognitions of future events. You remember what I said about how people can see things occur before they happened? It's not that you can see it before they happen. It's because it's already happened. It's just all here. It's just being rearranged. Say, okay, you know, let, let's, let's, let's just for a second. Let's, let's take this example. Reptilians are controlling this planet. The, 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 they put us in mirror dimensions, yada, yada, the whole thing, the, all that kind of stuff. Okay, 
what they've done is they've taken certain events here and they've said, okay, say this is the side of earth. Say, I'm just going to explain just for, for fun. Okay. Let's say there's reptilians on the, on the moon and they have a machine there that can control this and it goes back to earth. And I'm just making stuff up. Let me be very clear. What they do is they go, huh? All right. Cause comes before effect for them. So we see all these events. All right, we got to do this here. We're going to put this one over there. And then again, we're going to choose the order. See, imagine each dot now represents an event. Ah, we're going to put this one here and we're going to put this one over here. And by doing this, I, as a businessman, oh, coincidentally make a lot of money because the events played out in this order. Ah, how convenient for me and for the ones at the top. So, hold on. Um, thank you, Josh. It's, I, I, I hope that this, this visual would help it too. Um, from an anecdotal perspective, there's little doubt that such experiences exist. This was in the year 2000, if I'm not mistaken. Time-reversed phenomenon, and it's, in theory, it's not really reversed. It's just, again, how it's being viewed inside of this game. That's it. There's no reverse. There's no, there's nothing. There's no before, there's no after. There's just now. All of it's happening at once in this circle. Uh, let me see here. From an anecdotal perspective, there's little doubt that such experiences exist. Time reverse phenomenon have been reported throughout history and across all cultures. Many such reports can be explained by prosaic psychological reasons like coincidence, misperception, distortions, and wish fulfillment. The Mandela effect is a coincidence. It could be, but I doubt it. I mean, think about, for example, again, I said this for those that were in the call before we started recording. I want to very avidly bring this up um, over and over. So it's been said in the intelligence community that when you have, we're going to call him H, hacker. H just means hacker. You got a hacker and he wants to get into the CIA's server, for example, whether he's working for another country or a gang or a cartel or, you know, or in his mother's basement. And again, as I said before, some, it's very hard to tell the difference these days. Sometimes governments hire those people for that reason, for plausible deniability. So it's like, ah, you know, you think we would really pay a kid to do it. But anyways, point being is that say this hacker wants to hack into the CIA server. The CIA over here goes, holy Christ in hell, we have someone that got into our server. What this hacker's done is what James, Dr. James Giordano from DARPA calls AAA, access, assess, affect. Access the brain, in this case, the server, assess the brain and affect it. Get in, look around and muddy the waters and then get out. Now, what you do from the CIA's perspective if you see a hacker coming into your router or your, your database, right? Why would you kick him out or let him know that you know he's there or she's there, who, whomever? What you do is as the hacker's mudding about in the server in real time, I'm going to change colors for the sake of visualizing. You take the hacker without the hacker knowing and you put him in a server or a database that's identical to the one here 
with respects to the, the, um, the, the code and of its environment, but the data itself of the server is BS in this one. What you've then done is you've now transferred this guy from the real thing to the mirror thing in real time without him knowing. Why, as the CIA over here watching this, would you kick him out of the fake one at this point? Let him go for months. Let him keep going. Let him keep going. Never end. Let him get all the data. Because it's nonsense. Because when it's, it's fake data. When he takes the fake data or she takes the fake data and they finally say, hold on, let me just, um, they finally say, okay, I've taken everything I can out of this server. Remember, they don't know that they got transferred, right? What they then do is they go, all right, I'm backing out. I'm going to head back to HQ, right? They go report back to their boss. Their boss then tells other people it just keeps rippling, sort of like the creation of the universe, allegedly. And then... What ends up happening after that is the boss will then tell his, his other people in other departments that this hacker doesn't know about because it's all compartmentalized like a shelf, like a rat trap. And those uh, agents will then go and act on the data that was on that was uh, the, the BS data that was retrieved from this server here. So then what happens is when these guys go out and they think, La, da, 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 da. You know, we got the best info. We're going to blackmail the hell out of the CIA. You can't. It's BS. The CIA now knows what's coming because the second there's an attempt of any kind for these guys to try and use this info against the CIA, it doesn't work because it's fake. And the CIA knows it's from them because the CIA fed the fake stuff to them to track it back. What if that's happening to our consciousness? The Mandela effect. The Mandela effect, dare I say, maybe, not is, but maybe a representation of what's happening in real time, switching servers of our brains. And, but again, going back to the concept of entropy, quote unquote, chaos when, within a particular vicinity, so you guys see how we, we have to break this down first? This is what I meant last episode of, hold on one second. I'm just going to make a new one, um, of Earth. Pretend this is Earth having pockets of entropy all over it. It's not one big one. It's in pockets, dare I say, or patches, if you will, which is what I meant about when I dropped the pen. That little circle, that vortex is only surrounding my arm and where I drop the pen. What's the controller of my arm and that my brain? It's the same thing. Now, you see all these circles? Each circle, we're going to use the same colors for the sake of, um, for the sake of representation. Uh, hold on. This right over here, we'll use... Okay. Take this circle and apply it to this. You then have, again, chaos within a vicinity. Then go and zoom into that circle. You got another circle. Zoom into that one. You got another one. Zoom into that one. You have another one. It keeps going. Sort of like when they say you're astral projecting and you want to choose what galaxy you want to go to. Zoom in and out. 
it's scalable. It's relative. Right? So hold on a second. Let's see here. Evidence. There are two general sources of evidence for time reverse phenomenon. And again, reverse, not exactly. Dare I say time altered? Because is this really, hold on, sorry. Is this really reversing time or is it just rearranging it? If you look at it as a circle, you're not really reversing it. You're not bringing it forward. You're picking and choosing what you want to occur in that timeline. You're guys, you're, you're dragging and dropping files like on a computer. You create a file and you go, okay, I want to take this one here. I'm going to drag the mouse there. That's it. That's it. They just don't want us to know that all of us can do it. So again, there are two general sources of evidence for time reverse phenomenon in human experience, anecdotes and controlled experiments. While anecdotes provide face validity for the existence of these unusual experiences, they do not provide the trustworthy data required for scientific consideration. Now, it's been argued, again, the scientific method is maybe not perfect or anything, but it's the closest we've got. So, okay, fine. Thus, we will focus on the empirical evidence, in particular, four classes of experiments. These included forced choice tasks, precognitive remote perception, experiments involving psychophysiological measures, and tests involving present time influence of data that was collected in the past. Huh. Kind of like Dr. James Giordano's presentation on at West Point. The, this, I, I can speak on this because this is on YouTube. You can go look this up. It's the same thing. These include forced choice tasks. If our body's a shell and we have biosensors. Again, let's go back to, I know it's been a while, but let's go back to the grid. Let's say Bob is here in this part of the grid, right? What are you going to do if you want to affect Bob? He's close. He's again, closer. He's not close to any dense object. Dense is not, it's not even really an object. It's just a tighter grid with tighter vibrations, but let's just call it that for the sake of simplicity and labeling here, right? What are you going to do to affect Bob's mind when he's in more open areas? You're going to use The extremely low frequency, ultra low frequency, very low frequency waves, ELF, ULF, or VLF to affect him. Why? Because if you affect him with too quick of a vibrational state or frequency, in my opinion, as shown here, you're going you're gonna to make him see things that are going to like something out of a Disney movie. I saw this pop up. I saw that pop up. And then, and then he's just going to get more confused. And then no one gets what they want. He didn't get to enjoy the walk that he was on. You didn't get to enjoy. Well, you didn't get to mess with him. Sadly, but truthfully. So if we keep going, again, forced choice tests. Honorton and Ferrari in 1989 published a meta-analysis of all forced choice precognition experiments conducted between 1935 and 1987. In a forced choice test, a person is asked to guess which one of, say, six targets will be selected later. The targets might be an array of colored lamps, ESP, extrasensory perception, card symbols, or a die face. After making the guess, one target is randomly selected, and if the person's guess matches the selected symbol, this is counted as a hit. Huh. Okay. What's interesting about this, just from this paragraph alone, by the way, we'll see here, just from this paragraph alone, the targets might be an array of colored lamps, extrasensory perception card symbols, or a die face. 
Hmm. After making the guess, one target is randomly selected. And if the person's guess matches the selected symbol, this is counted as a hit. Why is this test so effective? Have any of you seen the, the movie Watchmen? We see, for example, here, let me just show you very quickly, or even the comic book, if you read the, the comic book, Watchmen Rorschach Mask. This, you guys remember this movie? The or if any of you have seen it, The Mask? The mask is constantly changing in real time. See, it goes from this, for example, to this in the movie. It's got like a little, it's got like a goo or a liquid in it. Okay, goo, that's in a different conversation. But anyways, you see here, why is it always changing his mask? Because he wants to instill fear into people, but he wants to instill their own fear into them. He wants to use their own fear against them. The mask is whatever you view it to be. I see a bat. Michelle might see a tiger. Scott might see a lion. That's the point, though. To constantly confuse. So, again, I'm going to end that there because uh, there's a lot more, but it's... it's um. We're, we're going to go step by step. So thank you so much for those that came in real time. I am about to stop the recording and this will go on to uh, YouTube later tonight for the, not publicly, um, for, the, for the members. And we will uh, catch you all for the next Euclid and, and group Zoom.